Hey, you listen to conservative talk radio all week. Why don't you try something different for a change? The Majority Report with Sam Cedar is a five-time award-winning daily left-wing political talk show. We go live every weekday at 11 a.m. Central Time on our YouTube channel. You can find it by searching for The Majority Report. We talk about the news. We take libertarian callers. We have debates. We interview guests on topics ranging from the post-Civil War Reconstruction era, child poverty, capitalism, the intellectual dark web, and more. And that's all just within the last month. If you want to hear what smart, progressive political talk that is occasionally amusing sounds like, then you need to tune in. And you're always welcome to call in if you want to hear the correct opinion on any given topic. I will give it to you. Tune into the Majority Report at 11 a.m. Central Time on YouTube or later wherever you get your podcasts. WVNN. Depend on it. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The time has come for America to hear the truth. We are going to stand with them, and not only are we going to fight for their rights, but we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state, in our homes, and in our community. United States of America is not going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided in Congress. It's not going to be decided on talk radio, and it sure is not going to be decided on Fox News. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity Tennessee Valley, this is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, David Story. It is Saturday, March 13th, 2021, and we are broadcasting live online and on the radio on WVNN in the Huntsville, Decatur, Athens listening area from Athens, Alabama. A recording of this program will play tomorrow, Sunday, March 14th, 2021, on the great WGOL in Russellville, Alabama. Today, we are talking to President of the Nashville Labor Council, uh, Vonda McDaniel, about her life in the labor movement and the push to put right to work for less in the Tennessee State Constitution. We'll be taking calls and more on today's Valley Labor Report. Uh, So my announcement right up at the top, don't forget, folks, the North Alabama DSA is holding a necessities drive this Saturday, today, and every Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. at the IBEW, local 558 Union Hall on Clinton Avenue, right across from Yellowhammer in Campus 805 in Huntsville. So if you're in the area, you want to drop off some clothes, some non-perishable food items, blankets, PPE, then make sure you swing by the IBEW Union Hall right across from Yellowhammer in Campus 805 from 3 to 5 p.m. this Saturday and every Saturday. All donations are forwarded to the Manna House, uh, so you, you know it's going to a good place. Local folks, uh, everybody's familiar with the Manna House. They do excellent work. Good folks over there. Uh, so follow at DSA North Alabama on Twitter for more information. 
If you want to see what we're up to throughout the week, get our snide quips about the news of the day, then you should follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Valley Labor Report. We're on Twitter at Labor Reporters. I'm on Twitter at Jacob M underscore AL. David is on Twitter at Radical Unionist. That's spelled R-A-D-I-C-L Unionist. Uh, If you missed part of the show and want to go back and watch it later, you can search YouTube for The Valley Labor Report and subscribe to our channel. You can go back and watch the full show there. And we also clip the show. We clip segments and release them throughout the week. So if you just want to see us talk about one topic, we've got a whole back catalog of stuff on YouTube. Uh, We also upload the program on more than 11 different podcasting apps. So to see if we are on your listening platform of choice, you can go to thevalleylaborreport.transistor.fm slash subscribe. We've got a website now where you can buy our fantastic union-made hats. That is thevalleylaborreport.org. They're great. I love them. You should get one. And finally, if you appreciate our work and want to help us stay on the air, consider throwing us a couple dollars a month on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Oh, and one more thing about the hats. We've got them in now. We've got, uh, we've been waiting for them to come in. Uh, we bought like a hundred of them. Uh, so we've got them. Uh, David brought them today in his car. And so um, probably today I'll be for folks that for folks that order right now today or have already ordered. I'm probably going to try to go to by the post office today and go ahead and get them out. Uh, just, just because I know that there's a lot of folks that have been waiting a really long time. So we want to make sure that we get those out as soon as possible. So, uh, you, if, if you've ordered one before or you you order one today, you can expect those in the mail pretty soon. So, uh, our guest today is Vonda McDaniel. She is the president of the Nashville Labor Council. Uh, she comes out of the Steelworkers Local 1055. Uh, Vonda, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I really appreciate it. Good morning, David. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, David, if you could turn that up just to, just to turn her up just a little bit more. I was having trouble hearing her. But um, what was that? Okay, so uh, Vonda, like I said before we started the program, one of the things that I like to do anytime I get somebody on that is actually a union member that's been in the labor movement, uh, you know, I like to ask them uh, what what brought them to the you know what what brought you to the labor movement? Were you always did you always work in a union shop? Um, did you uh, you know have you had family that's been in the labor movement? Like how did how did you come come into the labor movement? What what made you, you know, want to spend your life kind of doing this work? Well, um, so good morning and thank you, David, and thank you, Jacob, for having me. Um, what brought me into the labor movement, I hired in in 1992 in the Bridgestone Firestone plant in Laverne. Um, you know, when I got there, I met um, a retired firefighter, Italian firefighter from New York, who was our department steward. Uh, he immediately uh, decided, for whatever reasons, he saw something in me uh, that I should be active in the union. And so that began my union journey. He worked with me and studying the contract and getting to know folks and helping to resolve grievances. And here I am almost 30 years later, um, years. still working with the union and uh, now working with the Labor Council, uh, which is 
um, the umbrella organization, kind of the federated organization for all the unions in my area. Right, right. So what, you know, um, what... What are some of the things that that the that you've seen the union do for you in your life, or that you've seen the un, uh, the the union do for other folks, maybe in in, in your workplace? Um, so coming out of the rubber industry, um, I've seen you know strong safety enforcements. Um, the rubber industry wasn't always the safest place to work. Um, but over the years, because of the involvement of the union, um, I believe that, um, you know, having a good job in the union provides not only uh, good wages, benefits and working conditions, but also the ability to be able to go earn a living in a safe environment. So, yep. Gotcha. Were your parents, were, like, did you have family in the labor movement at all or, or were you kind of... So- so, you know, that's an interesting journey. I've kind of studied that over the years. Um, my great-grandfather was uh, worked for the old Ma Bell and was uh, part of the Pioneers Union. Um, I had an aunt that worked at the Aniston plant and was part of the union. Um, but that wasn't something. My mother was a school teacher, uh, so she was definitely a member of the Educators Union. But when I was growing up, um, teachers weren't as active as they are now in mm. terms of their activism and militancy. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a household with a, a union parent, um, and that's made the difference for me and my family. Okay, that yeah, that that's really great. I you know I uh, I, I don't have a history of of kind of uh, labor movement activism or, or even labor movement you know participation at all in in, in my family. I, I don't you know I don't know anybody that was that was a member of the union uh, in in my family. But David's like right the opposite. He's a third or fourth generation union member. His grandmother was like president of the textile workers union here uh, up in North Alabama. So you know we we come to it definitely you know he's got it it's in his blood and i'm i'm kind of a kind of a new convert so to speak but um so you know vonda uh the tennessee legislature is now trying to put right to work into the state constitution tennessee is already a right to work state that's already the law of the state and every time i talk about right to work i like to actually lay out kind of what it is because there are so many folks that have just they've got no idea actually what right to work means they reckon it means at will employment uh perhaps or they reckon it means that uh you know that you've got a right to work somewhere and that's and that's not you know it's it's the most uh you know <laughs> right right to work is the most um uh, focus group tested catchphrase that you can come up with. And wh- so what it actually does is it allows people to get union representation to work in a uh, work in a firm, work in a uh, shop that is represented by a union, reap the benefits of that union representation and not contribute to it. And and you know take it and be a freeloader in in that workplace, not uh, not pay anything for that representation. And and so in collective bargaining states, unions can bargain for these things called security clauses that uh, mandate as a condition of employment uh, 
payment of representation fees because the union has to provide a service to all employees in the shop and so uh, as uh, so they can bargain for it's it's not even something that is necessary in a union shop it's just something that a lot of unions bargain for to put in the contract uh, you know it it being necessary to pay for the representation that the union provides. And I think that's fair, and I think that, you know, that that makes a lot of sense. What Right to Work does, it's the government coming in to this private negotiation between two people, between the the workers and the employers, and saying, you can't agree to this. It's the government coming in to, you know, it's, it's totally antithetical to any kind of conservative principles at all, because it's the government coming in and telling two private entities what they can can and can't agree to and uh you know and and so and the reason for that is it's not a principled uh allegiance to conservative values it is a principled allegiance to the destruction of worker power and to the shoring up of corporate power it is to divide the working class and you know one of the the the, the roots of right to work can be found in jim crow you know that uh one of the the first right to work laws in the country was orchestrated by a person who said you know uh w- the unions are going to come in and make our white women be in u- be in union with uh these black men and we can't have that I mean that's the origin of right to work and so they're trying to put that in the state constitution Vonda can you uh, we've got uh, you know we've got about a minute left here and then we're gonna bring it in on the other side so um, on the other side of this break I want you to talk about like the how right to work came into law in Tennessee and then about the current fight to put it in the state constitution because I think like Alabama, Right to work has been law of the land in Tennessee for some time now, but also like Alabama, they want to make it harder to remove. If you know, if, if if in a few years Tennessee, the workers in Tennessee come to realize that oh, this isn't actually good for us, and they want to remove it, it being in the state constitution obviously makes it harder to get rid of. And they did the same thing in Alabama in 2016, I believe. They put it in the state constitution, and so that's what they're trying to do now in Tennessee. Uh, so you know, I. I I want to let you talk about the, uh, the the genesis of right to work as a law in Tennessee and then the current fight to put it into the state constitution. Uh, so we're going to put uh, talk about that some on the other side of the break. So, uh, you know, make sure you don't change your dials. Uh, make sure you... Uh, 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 li- listen to us. We're going to be talking to Vonda McDaniel, president of the Nashville uh, Central Labor Council, on the other side of this break about the fight to put right to work constitution up next. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years. 
providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. All workers deserve fair wages, affordable health care, and a retirement plan that enables them to retire with dignity. All workers deserve to have a say about the terms and conditions of their employment, not just the bosses. With the Machinist Union's over 600,000 members having our back, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama has been serving workers' interests for over 20 years. Our members have the best health insurance in the area with zero deductible plans. We set the bar for pay in the area with over $40 an hour rates, consistently averaging the highest non-college degree jobs in North Alabama with some of the best retirement plans in the industry. We can do the same for you. Together, we remain united, raising our voices to ensure justice on the job and service in the community. The Machinist Union is a true Southern Union founded in Atlanta in 1888. We've been serving members' needs for 132 years. The longevity of our union proves our dedication and loyalty to the working class. The Machinist Union isn't just for machinists. We represent workers in government, healthcare, auto workers, aerospace workers, transportation workers, the defense industry, and woodworking. Our members even build the iconic Harley-Davidson motorcycles. If you're ready to get serious about better benefits and wages, if you want to have a voice in your workplace with over 600,000 members to back you up, call or email us today at 256-286-3704 or organize at iamaw44.org. Here in Huntsville, federal employees are an invaluable part of the nation's defense, offering unmatched expertise in engineering and technology and as stewards of taxpayer dollars. What we ask for in return is to be treated with fairness, dignity, and respect. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE, Local 1858, is a union of working people looking out for each other, making sure that we're treated right. To inquire about joining or to learn more, call 256-876-4880. Hey y'all, are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Or well, tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcast. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all next time. It's Dixieland of the Proletariat, y'all. WVNN. All right, folks, welcome back. This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host David Story. On the line, we've got Vonda McDaniel. She is the president of the Nashville Central Labor Council, a member of the Steelworkers Local 1055. So, Vonda, talk to us about right to work in Tennessee. When did it, when did it become a law? How did it become a law? What are they trying to do putting it in the state constitution now? Well, David, first I want to say that you really framed and set up this conversation in a um, really way. You gave a lot of the background. But what I want to say about Tennessee is that 
like even before COVID hit, more than 1,800,000 Tennessean households were already one emergency away from financial ruin. Mm -hmm. And now uh, we find ourselves in a situation where since um, for the last, you know, 80 years, we've had right to work in the Constitution. But it seems, as you said, that they want to double down on the policies that have created so much poverty for working families. And so that's what we are um, facing. It looks like it will pass and be on the ballot um, next fall with the governor's race. And so, you know, we're really wanting to talk about it, educate folks about, you know, right to work. It sounds good. Like you said, um, it is probably some of the best um, marketing. Mm -hmm. They probably tested it, you know, but the reality of right to work is that it's far more complicated and uh, is really not good for workers. Mm. Right. Right. That's it. Do you know what it was that actually, um, like, wh what was the impetus to put it in the state constitution? Because, like you said, it's been law for some time now in Tennessee, uh, but they actually want to go so far as to put it in the constitution. Do you like what? What was the? You know, is, was there was there any event, or or was it just like? You know, were they just bored and didn't didn't and they couldn't think of anything else to do during this session? <laughs> they couldn't think of any. You know, the, you know, there, there's a pandemic raging. There's people unemployed. There are you know, people's lost their jobs. Uh, you know, small businesses are hurting. They they couldn't think of anything else to do with this session. They were so bored, so they decided to put it in the constant. You know, what was there any kind of uh, was was there any event that happened that made them want to do this right now, or or was it just kind of like Boredom. Well, a couple of years ago, the state legislature in Virginia um, proposed, it failed, but proposed of removing right to work. And um, Brian Kelsey, who is a senator in our um, state Senate, you know, if you if you look at his background and who his supporters are, um, most of them are uh, check cashing businesses um, and um, FedEx, which is a notoriously anti-union company, are some of his largest contributors. So this is the kind of legislation that, you know, the folks that support him want to see. And so that's why he is moving this bill at this time, probably. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, I think, and now that you say that, I think I remember... Um uh, reading some things in the T Tennessean, uh, or, or or one of those uh, papers in the in in Tennessee about uh, them seeing that in in Virginia and being worried that you know that that one day they could be voted out of office and and that it it would be as simple as um, passing a law to get rid of right to work in the state constitution. They wanted to make it more difficult. So. Um, so, uh, uh, what are, what are some other things that working people are facing? In or, or well, no, what are what are unions doing now to to fight this? Uh, to fight the push to put right to work in the state constitution. So the Tennessee AFL CIO. Um, if you understand the structure of the AFL CIO, we operate with the national organization in Washington D.C. And then each one of the states has a state federation. 
In Tennessee, we have five labor councils. Those five labor councils have really tried to engage and educate on this issue and begin to mobilize workers to speak up, call their legislatures, write letters. Um, but this is just the beginning of a process of trying to educate the public about you know, what right to work has meant historically and what it can mean going forward to the future of, of workers in the state. Gotcha. And I think that's a good segue into what you were wanting to talk about next, which is the, the importance of uh, labor councils and the labor movement and how important it is for, for unions to be active in, in the labor councils. Can you talk to us some about that? Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, labor councils um, throughout the country, we have five in Tennessee. There are several in Alabama, I believe, four or five. I think um, there's seven, right our- there, David? I think, there there seven seven, I think there are seven. I think there are seven labor councils in Alabama, aren't there? I don't know. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you know, th- that's the place where um, all of the unions in the area um, get to work outside of their craft, or whether they're industrial unions around just building worker power generally, mm-hmm. and they work not only with each other, but community organizations and that's really the path forward for building you know a a more um worker friendly most of us are workers matter of fact you know 99 percent of us are workers right um and so really we are the organizations the hubs of activity for where building worker power um should could and is happening Mm mm-hmm Right. Yeah, I I, def- I agree with that, and I think it's so important to you know build up those uh, bonds of solidarity and, and and the connections across industry. You know, we can get so we can get so siloed in our own workplaces and in our own local unions, uh, and we kind of forget about the struggles of other folks and other unions and how important we are to one another and how you know we're as workers like we're all that we've got. You know, the boss ain't gonna come to our help on, on any of the these issues and certainly the Chamber of Commerce uh, and, and organizations like that, they're fighting for exactly the opposite of what is going to help working people. And so, you know, it's important to 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 really recognize uh, the struggles that folks in other unions are, are, are facing and try to come to each other's aid. You know, so some of the things that we've done in North Alabama with the um, reorganization of our labor council, it's been defunct for about 20 years up here in North Alabama. And so we have uh, we've recently reorganized it within the past year, and and we're uh, you know and already we've uh, held a rally, uh, Labor for Black Lives rally. We have scheduled um, advocacy meetings with our senators up in D.C. on you, you know all of the unions on behalf of some specific unions. Like all of us went uh, to lobby on behalf of uh, the postal workers and the stagehands back when the stagehands were uh, all completely out of work and the postal service bailout was was up for consideration. And, and we've talked to city councilors about some safety issues that the stagehands have had. And so, you know, it's important, even though I'm not a stagehand, that I look out for the stagehands and vice versa. We're going to talk about that on the other side. Stay tuned. Huntsville's number one news, talk, and weather station. WVNN FM. WVNN FM Trinity. A cumulus station. It's 10 o'clock. From ABC News, I'm Brian Clark. 
Over 135,000 air travelers passed through TSA checkpoints Friday, the most of any day since the pandemic began. But former White House Homeland Security Advisor Tom Bossert, an ABC News contributor, says, I'm seeing in Europe today some really devastating spread of this new variant. So I'm a little worried that we might be a few weeks ahead of ourselves here in the reopenings. The U.S. is vaccinating people at a faster rate than the European Union. Many areas of the U.S. moving towards reopening. ABC's Alex Stone's in Los Angeles with details. Many areas of California will on Sunday move from the state's purple tier into the red tier, allowing restaurants to reopen indoor dining, theme parks, gyms, and museums to reopen, some for the first time in a year. Capacity will be limited. It also means schools can accelerate reopenings, says California Health and Human Services Secretary Dr. Mark Gallagher. We should see more schools across the state begin either coming back or making the plans to come back. President Biden and other members of his administration will travel around the country next week to tout the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. At a Rose Garden event Friday, the president said the bill and its $1,400 direct payments to many will bring peace of mind. Think of the millions of people going to sleep at night staring at the ceiling thinking, my God, what am I going to do tomorrow? I've lost my health care, don't have a job. Unemployment runs out. I'm behind in my mortgage. What are we going to do? A rally's planned for today in Louisville, one year to the day since Breonna Taylor was shot and killed as police executed a warrant at her home. Activist Tamika Mallory says, We will continue to call her name and we will continue to stand up for freedom and justice in the city of Louisville. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo continues to resist calls for his resignation amid allegations of inappropriate conduct. You're listening to ABC News. It's such a beautiful night. Look at the stars. They're amazing. Did you know 20% of stars have planets orbiting them capable of sustaining life? How did you know that? You must spend a ton of time reading. Not at all. I use Blinkist. Blinkist? Yeah, it's an app that takes key insights from over 4,000 nonfiction bestsellers and gathers them into 15-minute blinks for you to read or listen to. With Blinkist, you can learn the main points of an entire book in just 15 minutes, as opposed to days or weeks. What kind of books? Nonfiction books in over 27 categories, from personal development to history, management, investing, philosophy, and more. Books like A Beautiful Mind, The 4-Hour Workweek, Freakonomics, and Sapiens. Blinkist makes it easy to learn about pretty much anything. <laughs> like the stars? <laughs> Even the stars. <laughs> right now, radio listeners get 25% off plus one free week when you go to Blinkist.com slash grow. To get this special offer, go to Blinkist.com slash grow. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash. Hey, y'all. Are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Or tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcasts. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all next time. It's Dixieland of the Proletariat, y'all. 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WBNN. Depend on it. You got the principal J-Rig, You got the fire, you got the principal J-Rig, you got the... Fire. All right.
right, folks, welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host David Story. On the line, we've got Vonda McDaniel. She's the president of the Nashville Labor Council, a member of the Steelworkers Local 1055 up there in Tennessee. Uh, so, you know, Vonda, um, when we left off, I was talking about uh, some of the things that we've done here in North Alabama, some advocacy. And, you know, the last thing that I mentioned was that uh, we have talked to um, – uh, city councilors, uh, uh, the whole labor council, on behalf of the stagehands who have been having uh, who have been having some safety issues, and those were and those were able to actually get resolved very quickly. I had uh, you know the uh, the person that I talk to most regularly in the stagehands. He texted me uh, f- a few months after we had that meeting, and he was like, you know, it was almost immediately that after we did that, we had that meeting. The safety improved just. Like overnight, it was, it, and you know that's kind of the, the, and that's what we want to do. Like I said, even though I'm not a stagehand, like the stagehands are, are they're my sisters and brothers, and I want to make sure that I look out for them, and I know that they're going to have my back uh, if something, you know, something happens with the federal government. I'm a federal employee, and and you know, there's there's some big issues uh, there. I know that they're going to, these folks are going to be here to advocate on my behalf. Uh, when I'm up against a wall, and the same with the machinists, one of the things that the the trade unions are the the thing that they really want to try to get out of the labor council is you know here in Madison County there's a lot of new building, and so they want to make sure that that they are kind of uh, you know that they're aware of new projects that are going up, and that the people who are going to be awarding those contracts, the county commissioners, the city councilors, they know that hey, you've got trade unions in your area that are going to do better work, that are going to be safer, and that are going to, uh, you know, be able to provide good-paying union jobs to workers in your area. And so, you know, there's just so much benefit that you can get out of labor councils. What are some of the things that uh, the Labor Council in Nashville has been doing, some of the projects y'all have up there? So we have been working on quite a few things. Uh, in the midst of the pandemic, of course, our work has changed. Um, one of the most exciting things that we have been working on recently is with non-union workers, believe it or not. Hmm. Um, Nashville is a city um, where hospitality is one of the engines that drives the economy. Uh, we have a large um, restaurant and hotel workers, and they have been um you know organizing so we have new organizing activity that the labor council has been able to support they've started their own organization called rock music city and actually in two restaurants they had uh two yeah restaurants they had uh wage theft cases that were recently resolved this week where they um won over a million dollars in um stolen wages for workers. So that's one of the pieces. You talked about um, um, supporting apprenticeship programs and the crafts. Uh, The Central Labor Council uh, works with the building trades uh, and we do uh, apprenticeship readiness program where we're out in the community talking about apprenticeship programs, uh, recruiting women and um, black and brown workers, uh, veterans, Um, to look at opportunities in the trades. Hmm. Um, In addition to supporting the campaigns and efforts of our um, union affiliates. So yeah, we're pretty busy both politically, 
um, and in doing um, what is exciting new organizing. Mm-hmm. That's fa- and you know you mentioned that about the the education that goes along with the with the trades or tr- trying to educate the community about the opportunities that they've got um, to to join trades even if they don't have college educations and and and, and stuff like that and that's so important because there are so many people that you know they literally like they don't have any idea they know what the trades are but they reckon that they've got to go to some podunk local contractor who ain't going to pay them nothing who don't have good benefits uh that they've got to work in these unsafe conditions and they don't know that there are trade unions that they can join and have good pay good benefits a good retirement a pension uh health care hundred percent the electrical workers here in the area they've got hundred percent employer-sponsored health care no premiums no deductibles none of that like that's, that's un- right. i mean that's unheard of in any you know in other trades uh and even in even in most other union workplaces but the trade unions they've got like i mean they've got really good benefits packages and uh that there's just no awareness of that and i i know uh, I, I know a fellow who is um who you know he's doing an apprenticeship program with with you know like I said some podunk local contractor he ain't got no benefits uh, no you know uh, uh, he makes significantly less than he would as an apprentice in the trades and you know I told him about it and he was like well I'm already a part of this and you know so I don't want to you know blah blah blah, blah. it's like but if he had known about it before he had taken that uh, a, a that that apprenticeship he would have had you know he probably would have and so that's one of the things that we would really like to do is go into the local schools um you know on career days and and things like that uh and and really and have a have an opportunity to talk to the students in high school about you know not only do like you don't have to go to college to get a good job. You don't have to work for some podunk local contractor. You can have like good pay and good benefits and, and a safe working environment right out of high school. And even if you go to college, you can you can be in a union workplace after you get out of college. And, uh, you know, like me, I'm a, you know, quote unquote, kind of professional employee, but I've got a union in my workplace. And, and so do, do y'all have do y'all do stuff like that with local schools or anything to educate the um, folks coming? out of high school about the opportunities they've got to to go into the trades so we do participate um, in local career fairs we work with guidance counselors in schools Um, many of our trades uh, the training coordinators do the same Um, but yeah any opportunity that we have to talk about what we believe are um, good paying family supporting jobs with the best training which makes them Mm-hmm. more safe um we take that opportunity and uh, get out in the community as much as possible we really are trying to raise the visibility of the union movement um in our area which is not just nashville but all of the collar counties around nashville mm-hmm. um to make sure that folks know that there's a union movement uh here that's doing good work right and that's you know that's that's so important and that's what that's what we try to do with with the council and with this show because you know i mean there's just such a dearth of information like people just don't know the opportunities that they've got um and and so really just just getting getting this information out there i think can be so powerful uh because there's such a lack of it and you know not without reason of course (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, the bosses don't want you to know about the power that you can have in a union. That's for sure. <laughs> but you know, that's interesting that you say that, um, Jacob, because um, you know where there are union workforces, there are studies that show that they are more stable, highly trained workforces. You don't have a kind of turnover, right. and so really, if the bosses were not so concerned with making sure that CEO pay was more mm-hmm. than worker pay by seven hundred and ninety-four times, mm-hmm. um, then in many cases it would be of business value to them. Right. to have a union workforce in place. It's all about greed, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gre- I mean greed and power. That's th- those are the those are the two things because even if, you know, there are some cases like uh like like Medicare for all for example would be as far as the bottom line for businesses, that right. would be a huge boon. It would save businesses tons of money to not have to worry about um to not have to worry about paying for their employees health care but they don't want medicare for all and and why why is that because they like the power that them being the ones to give their employees health care they like the power that that gives to them so when workers go on strike they not only lose their pay they lose their health care if they didn't lose their health care that would be one less thing that workers would have to bargain for one less thing that would be keeping workers in unsafe working conditions and so you know like the not only like you say that's exactly right about the greed about you know wanting to make sure that CEOs can make seven hundred times more than the median worker, but they also want to make sure that they've got that power over workers so that uh, so that workers don't get too uppity. We'll get too much power in this economy for sure. Right. 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 So, uh, you know, Vonda, as we're uh, uh, coming up on the end of, of this segment, you know, what are some of the things that you would want folks in the audience that aren't in unions, that aren't in the labor movement? Um, wh- what are some of the things that you, that you would you would tell folks uh, that are listening now? Well, you know, this week um, with the passage of the American Rescue Plan, you know, that's something that we've spent a lot of time as a labor movement trying to, to win. And it's, it's not just about um, additional unemployment while we have folks that are, are laid off, but it is really about you know investing in OSHA, which hasn't been invested in, mm-hmm. investing in public health, which hasn't been invested in, investing in pensions, which mm-hmm. you know some of them have really suffered, um, COBRA, if anybody has ever lost their job and had to pay COBRA, they know that mm. those rates are astronomical. Um, and now there's a 100% subsidy for six months for folks to try to bridge this time and transition back into uh, uh, you know, a working economy. Um, transportation. There's just so much in this um, recovery rescue mm-hmm. plan for, for workers. Um, that I think that it's important because that's some of the hard work that the labor movement has been doing over the last few months. And I think that it's important that workers know exactly what's in the plan and don't listen to all the propaganda about how this is not. This is the best plan for workers that I've seen come out of Washington in a long time. It's certainly it's certainly a big change from 
the last administration when we when we passed uh, tax breaks. You know, you can look at the distribution of who who's getting the benefits from this plan versus the Tax Cuts Act. So, you know, Vonda, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. You can find her on Twitter at Union Women, and uh, you can follow the Nashville CLC on Twitter and Facebook as well. Vonda, thanks again for talking to us. We'll be right back. This is the Valley Labor Report. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash thevalleylaborreport to support our work and keep us on the air. If you're looking for contractors with lower than average EMR and TRIR, if you need to supplement a workforce at any level for any amount of time, if you need iron workers that come trained and certified at no extra cost, or if you need workers from superintendent down to general laborer and you're looking to start work on a project or you're unhappy with your current contractor situation, you need to call my friend Jeb Miles with the Iron Workers Local 477. They only work with the best in the business, vetted contractors, and can do all kinds of jobs from roofing to steel and bridge erection, from welding to heavy rigging, from structural repairs to machinery alignment, and much more. They supply manpower on four of the five largest projects in North Alabama, so you know they're legit. If you need good quality, safe, efficient, diligent, and knowledgeable workers on your job, then you need the Iron Workers Local 477. Call Jeb Miles at 256 383 3334 that's 256-383-3334 or via email at local477 at bellsouth.net and make sure you tell them that you heard about them on the Valley Labor Report. Stay informed and entertained all day long only on WVNN. Put it there boy we'll show these fascists what a couple of hillbillies can do. All right, folks, welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host, David Story. If you would like to give us a call, the phone number is one 866 we got a tweet from David said, 
So silly. David said, right to work keeps oppressive unions from mandating its terms onto the entire workforce. Unions don't care about the workers, the customer, the product, the company, the, or the stockholders. The, they only care about enriching themselves and increasing their own power. I mean, this is just, like, it's, it's, it's silly, right? It's silly because, so there, there are a couple things to know about right to work that uh, and and the fact that and and the people who are pushing it the people who are pushing it constantly rail on freeloaders uh specifically with regards to undocumented immigrants they hate uh people who that they, they, they ostensibly hate when people take advantage of benefits that they did not pay into when you are in a right to work environment and you are represented by a union and you do not pay dues you take advantage of the representation that a union brings you and the representation that union bring that, that that unions bring you is just objectively it makes your uh you, you know you, you we can see like we can look at the data you know one of the things that folks like to say is facts don't care about your feelings okay well let's look at the facts we can see that union workers make more they have higher wages, something on the order of 14 to 25% higher wages. We can see that they have better benefits. They, have, uh, they pay less for more health care. They have better retirements. Union workers are basically the only ones in this country that still have pensions. Where we don't have pensions, we, ha- we still have better retirement plans. They are Unions create safer work environments. Union workplaces have something on the order of 80% fewer fatalities. Union nursing homes during the pandemic had a 40% lower patient mortality rate than non-union work, uh, 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 non-union nursing homes. And, you know, this fellow's telling us that that unions don't care about the customers. The patients in these nursing homes are the customers, and they experience, they die 40% less, you know, in union nursing homes. And the reason for that is because uh, when these caretakers are able to have a voice on the job they obviously they don't get you know you don't go into nursing home work to get rich right you care about the people that you uh that you know you care about the work and so that when workers like nurses like people in nursing homes have the capability to speak for themselves to have a voice on the job they create safer working environments and same with teachers their for teachers their teach their working environment is the students learning environment and so what are the things that teachers fight for much more often than not, along with raises, which they absolutely deserve, and everybody can agree that teachers do not make enough in this country, uh, even harder than they fight for raises, they fight for smaller classroom sizes. They fight for more. Uh, they fight for more equipment in the classroom. They fight for nurses in the cla- in, in in schools. They fight for counselors in the schools because they care about their communities. They care about their students, and they, uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's it's just absurd on the fa- on. on, on on its face to believe that unions don't care about uh, the 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 communities and and the patients and the customers uh, and and you know unions uh, to say that unions don't care about the company obviously there's some amount of of tension there which is which is right and good because when uh, uh, you know executives <laughs> the the profit is literally 
money that we workers create that we don't get, okay? So what the executives make in profit is just wages that we don't get, wages that they take from us. But of course, if you don't have a company, then you don't have uh, uh, you, you don't have a job. Unions go, workers go out of their way like this. This I really have so little patience for this nonsense narrative of workers and unions being greedy. Because we can look at the 2008 financial crisis and what did the workers give up uh, that worked for the big big three in the UAW that worked for uh, Ford and GM and, and and Chevrolet. They gave up wages. They gave up benefits. They gave up health care to save the company. And on top of what the workers sacrificed, us as an American people paid for a bailout for these companies. And what did the executives sacrifice? Nothing. The executives didn't sacrifice a damn thing. They took bonuses after they received their bailouts. So I have no, I have no patience for this nonsense narrative about workers and unions being greedy when the same executives at the same time, workers and their countrymen are sacrificing to keep the companies afloat. They're taking bonuses and it's like, get a grip, get a grip. Okay. I mean, like this is, it's absurd. And so, you know, the, the, the idea that right to work is the, the idea that right to work uh, you know, is is just about unions wanting to build their power for its own sake. Of course, we want to build our power, but why do we want to build our power? Because we want better lives for our members, for ourselves, and for our communities. Right to work is just something to divide the working class. Right to work is just something to destroy worker power and shore up corporate power. It is the government, and the other thing is that, uh, you know, Folks that advocate right to work say that they hate freeloading, of course, unless it's workers freeloading off of non-members freeloading off of union representation. They also say that they hate government intervention in the free market. They hate government intervention in contracts. They hate government intervention in working conditions. There are a myriad of conditions that you agree to to have a job. You have, you know, there's all sorts of conditions of employment that, that that workplaces require. They require you to have degrees. They require you to have a uniform. They require you to have transportation. They require you to look a certain way. They require you to talk a certain way. All sorts of things that conservative free market types have no problem with. When workers get enough power in a workplace to mandate one thing as a condition of employment that employers and employees freely agree to that one thing being you have to pay for the representation that a union provides and thus this condition of employment being a condition that increases worker power that is the only condition of employment that conservatives and republicans have a problem with ask yourself why that is why is it that literally the only condition of employment that these free market fundamentalists have a problem with is the one condition of employment in America that we have that shores up worker power okay and once you ask yourself why that is and you answer honestly the answer is that they don't actually have a principled commitment to free markets they don't actually have a pr principled commitment 
to uh, 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 to the freedom of private entities to agree to contracts. The reason is that they want to destroy worker power. They don't want us to get uppity. They don't want us to believe that we deserve better lives. They want us to be quiet and docile, and they want us to accept what we're given and to uh, to just to just accept it and to be uh, you know meek little servants that will do whatever they say without putting up a fight. That's what they want. Okay, so that's all I've got to say on that. <laughs> Goodness, <laughs> you know so. Um, I, uh, uh, the, the, the next thing that, that I wanted to talk about is, oh, and, and, you know, one of the reasons that passing the PRO Act is so important is that it would nullify state right to work clause. That's, that's one of the, the reasons that the PRO Act is so good, so important. Um, so uh, switching gears really might, might get a little bit of whiplash, but I wanted to talk about some uh, some some personal stuff. I wanted to ask David a few questions, or, or, or just one question, and it's not super personal, but you know, and and we may not have enough time for him to get to it on this side of the break, and so I'll ask the question, and then and then he'll answer it on the other side of the break. Uh, you know, there are a lot of folks in churches that that, that you know that or, or that are Christians that will tell you that you know, oh, I grew up. Christian, but it really wasn't a, it really wasn't a big part of my life. It really, you know, I was just like, I went to church on Sundays and I didn't really think about it much throughout the week. And then they'll tell you about this kind of conversion experience that they had. And that after that, you know, they really put the church kind of in the center of their life and they really dedicated their life to, to that kind of work. And David had a, had a kind of similar experience with the labor movement. He was he, like, like we've said multiple times, Times he's a third or fourth generation union member. Uh, everybody in his family has worked union. When he first, uh, you know, got old enough to start working, his parents were like, "You got to get yourself a union job." And uh, but he, you know, he didn't really think a whole lot about it. He just he he worked in union uh, workplaces. He paid dues, uh, you know, and and he did, you know, he, he he was a union member. But that was kind of the extent of it. And then there was there was one experience that he had that really kind of transformed his orientation to the labor movement and that after that he really started to to put put his uh put a lot of his energy into fighting for his sisters and brothers on the job and that really kind of reoriented uh his um his vision of him himself and his vision of the labor movement. So, so I want him to tell that story because it's it's a really it's a really great story, and I don't think we've talked about it on air, not here. So we'll talk about that on the other side. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. This is News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. News starts now. The vaccination effort charging forward a new record pace. More than a million doses administered. 2.2 million doses administered per day nationwide. In Massachusetts, teachers rolling up their sleeves thankful. felt like I hit the lottery. I feel very emotional because this is a big day. New York Senators Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand adding their voices to the growing calls for Governor Andrew Cuomo to step down amid sexual harassment allegations from former staff. The family of George Floyd Friday reaching a landmark $27 million settlement from the city of Minneapolis. 
In orbit above us, NASA astronauts Mike Hopkins and Victor Glover Jr. conducting a spacewalk, making updates to the International Space Station. The city of Minneapolis approving a landmark $27 million settlement with the family of George Floyd, even as jury selection continues and the officer charged in Floyd's death. And late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg honored in her native Brooklyn with a bronze statue in her likeness. Dave Packer, ABC News. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. People across Alabama are hurting. Elected leaders have bailed out corporations while sending only a one-time cash payment to working families despite record unemployment and a public health crisis. Hometown Action is fighting for working people across Alabama to build inclusive and sustainable small town and rural communities. Hometown Action demands that Congress pass a people's bailout that expands health care, sends cash payments to families, and invests in green jobs to restart the economy. Now is the time to act. Learn more at www.hometownaction.org. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash thevalleylaborreport to support our work and keep us on the air. The Dale Jackson Show, a safe space for terrible people. Weekdays, 7 to 11 a.m., only on WVNN. WVNN. Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host David Story. We were talking about uh, on the other side of the break. I, I kind of set the I kind of set set the stage for David to to give us his uh, his come to Jesus moment, so to speak. So you know, uh, I, I, w- I wanted you to talk about that because I, I I think we had talked about that maybe in an interview with Dixie Land of the Proletariat or I can't remember, but I've heard you talk about it before, and I don't think we've talked about it on the air. So uh, I wanted you to talk about that that strike that you saw. So yeah, I didn't see the strike. I, the strike occurred about a year before I had came to work. But I mean, the the crux of it was the 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 union members before i came to work uh had went out on strike for retiree health care and basically retiree health care is uh if you if you retire earlier then you're able to get social security benefits and, and medical benefits then you can continue carrying your uh health insurance up and, and it bridges that gap and so yeah they had uh 
they went on strike and uh, struck for 93 days hmm. with and uh, you know for people that they didn't know so right kind of you know that kind of whenever I come to work there and had learned what they had done for me then I decided it was time to get involved and fight for the next generation and for them as well right and and you know one of the things that that really you know that that stuck out to me the first time that I heard that is that they were fighting for retiree health care these, these folks who were nearing retirement but it wasn't their retiree health care that no, was they were grandfathered in yeah they were grandfathered in they were fighting so that folks coming up so what what was it that the company had tried to put in the contract like specifically that that, that they were uh, like like what was the division there I mean, specifically, anybody that was hired after the contract was signed didn't get retiree health care. I mean, it just right. It was done, mm-hmm. so. and that's and and that's one of the things that a lot of times um, employers will will try to do to divide up their own workforce. You know, because if they can if they can tell you know you know so that so that would mean that anybody coming in after that contract was signed wouldn't get the retiree health care but that also means that everybody that was there before the contract got signed got it so like everybody that went on strike they were already guaranteed retiree health care but they went out on strike they for they you know for forego their paychecks for three months so that folks they didn't even know folks that weren't even hired folks that hadn't even been born yet that are going to be coming in later uh you know 20 years hopefully working at the company so that those folks that they never met can have retiree health care yeah i mean that's you know I mean, that's powerful fighting for folks. You know, I mean, that's what, you know, are you willing to fight for somebody you don't know? Like these folks, like they not only said the words, I mean, they did it in the most kind of powerful, personal way that you can. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was I from the ones that I've talked to, you know, it was miserable. Yeah. Uh, 90 days and at the middle of Christmas and the mm. cold in the winter uh, with burn barrels and wood and you know, we wound up losing the retiree health care. We, you mm. know, but uh, they put up as good a fight as they could. So, right. you know, that's all you can ask for. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that 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 dedication to uh, to folks that, you know, that you don't even know. I mean, that's that's, uh, you know, that that's, that's one of the beautiful things about uh, about the labor movement. And, and you know, the 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 you know, we call each other brother and sister. And, and you know, it's not like from that show of solidarity there you can tell that it's not you know it's not just words like f- folks in the labor movement are really willing to put up a fight for one another and and for folks coming in after uh and that's you know that, that that's it, it's such a such a beautiful thing that you know that you just don't see often yeah yeah um, yeah i don't know what to say it's, I mean, it, you know that's just the nature of the beast it's mm-hmm. what that's what we do and yeah. we'll move on and we got another contract coming up in a year and uh in a year and two months and i'm sure we'll be fighting for somebody else because mm-hmm. you know unfortunately this is uh this is what businesses do they do their best to take away as much as they can take away until right. you know you're starving and you haven't got nowhere else to go and they've got you captured you know, yeah. that's the whole, that's the whole system in and of itself 
is to keep people so oppressed that that they hadn't got any other choice but to continue slaving for the modern day slave owners. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Folks, if you want to give us a call, 1-866-494-9866, or you could, uh, you know, tweet us, Facebook us. Uh, you can tweet us at Labor Reporters. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at uh, the Valley Labor Report. You can comment in the YouTube chat if you've got a question uh, or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think that that kind of personal uh, – you know the 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 those personal stories. I really like to I really like to bring those out. And and I've um I, I talked to a bunch of folks in the labor movement down in Birmingham, and you can find those interviews. Uh, they're all up now separately, uh, talking with iron workers and electrical workers and and folks like that about uh, uh, what the union has has done for them. And I, I you know I just I just love stories like that. Like it's so. Um, you know, I said something earlier about like facts don't care about your feelings and kind of gave out like some data about how unions unions help. And that data is all fine and good. But really hearing those hearing those personal stories is really um, is really great, too. Like, I, I love to hear stuff like that. I love to hear, uh, uh, you know, what the uh, you know, I came from I came out of a, a church tradition that that really valued uh, testimony. And I think that I think that hearing those personal testimonies about what workers have done for one another is just as powerful as any graph or you know any bit of data that you could throw at somebody. I think, and in a lot of ways, it's more powerful uh, because it, it's it's a whole lot more it's a whole lot more raw, a whole lot more real in ways that you know numbers on a spreadsheet uh, really never can be. Yeah, and you know, speaking of that, we we got a good brother that we won't mention, but he lost his wife, you know, mm. last night. Yeah. So everybody keep him in your thoughts and prayers. If you're friends of the show, then you probably know who we're talking about. But regardless, you know, the the labor movement is more than just about uh, right to work or mm-hmm. or benefits. It's you know, it's it's a brother and sisterhood, and uh, we we look out for each other, you know, on the job and off the job. So yeah, that's something to keep in your in your thoughts and prayers. There, you know, this brother's going to be struggling for probably quite some yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't. Oh man, I couldn't imagine. That's so that's so tough, you know. Uh, but definitely, yeah. If, especially, you know, I'm sure a lot of folks know who we're talking about. So definitely, keep him and his family in your prayers because that is such a, you know, have. A sudden death like that, you know, no death is is easy to cope with, but certainly it's all the more difficult if it wasn't expected, and and this was not expected at all. Um, it's just just terrible, just terrible. So you know, we love him, and uh, you know, we uh, wish him all the comfort that that you know you can have in a time like this. Um, we got a question. Uh, would uh, on on. Um, on YouTube, if you want, you can give us a call. one 494 9866 is the number. Uh, if you want to give us a call, you can tweet us at Labor Reporters. The question was, would right to work be upheld if amended into a state's constitution <clears throat> before the PRO Act? Could that be why Tennessee is trying to do this? I don't think so. I think, you know, federal laws override yeah. state constitutions or state laws yeah. anything like that i'm actually surprised that it somebody hasn't challenged it anyways i'm surprised that that a 
state fed or the national fed has not taken to court one of these states that has passed this because it seems to me that this is skirting the constitution you know as far as first amendment rights free speech rights freedom of assembly rights i don't understand how the state can force a entity to provide services for someone and Mm -hmm. that person uh, be able to steal those services for free because in effect that's what right to work does is force a union to provide services for someone that's not that refuses to pay for it and i can't understand how this has been allowed to continue i mean it's it's it it, it flies in the face of everything that we it, that we believe in America that you can't force mm-hmm. somebody. You know, look at the cake people. They took that to court and won it because the guy didn't want to provide a service for a gay couple, and mm-hmm. and and the the U.S. Supreme Court upheld that. Whether it's right or wrong, I don't I don't think it was right, but. I just don't understand how yeah, how know. these states can force you to provide a service and the person can say, well, I'm not going to pay for it. It's like going to a lawyer and saying, hey, you know, I, I want you to represent me in, in a case and then mm-hmm. just saying, but I'm not going to pay you for it. Just right. understand that. Right. And that's insanity to me. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it really doesn't make sense. But, yeah, no, I don't. Now, um, you know, David was saying – you know, he doesn't understand how right to work hasn't been challenged um, or challenged more often on the other side of that. The pro act will definitely be challenged. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, that's a big worry of mine uh, with the, um, you know, radical, uh, you know, anti-worker judiciary, federal judiciary and Supreme court that we have now, uh, you know, could the, could the pro act be overturned if um, if uh, uh, if it's passed? And I think the answer to that is I think it it definitely could, and that that's a big worry. Uh, so you know it's it's all the more important to you know uh, so, support it and support it publicly, and and uh, you know because one of the you know the the Supreme Court for all its flaws it can be it can be kind of responsive to public pressure and you know we saw that with uh um with obergefell and things like that um so jared said you know they would probably bring up the public defendant talking about you know forcing a union to provide services for free and the public defendant is probably an easy one to pick out but it it's not correct because the public defendant services are actually paid they're paid for by the, the local state, yeah. municipality or the state. Not paid enough. But, no, you know, but they're I mean, they're, they're regardless, <laughs> they're not asked to do something for absolutely nothing. They are. So, yeah, I mean, if the uh, so I would make that recommendation. Mm-hmm. If the state wants to pass right to work laws, then, then they the should, state should chip in for the representation right, that right. we're providing for free. Right. That you know. So yeah, that I mean that sounds it's a it's a quick go to, but it's it's it falls on its face under further mm-hmm. inspection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jared also asked, um, and I don't I don't really have uh you know, I don't really have just a whole lot to say about this. He asked um how and why so many towns across the US are named Union Town. Uh and 
some some good labor songs and union art traditions. I have more to say on the labor songs, but David, do you have any idea about the history of so many places being called Union Town or some variation thereof across yeah, the states? No clue. Where yeah, is it? I, don't know. I mean, it's not around here, that's for certain. But I don't, I don't know of a Union Town in Alabama, so I would assume it's probably farther north where there's a little bit stronger uh, no I is think, there a union town in alabama there's some variation of i remember driving through a union something or another uh in in alabama i know there's a union city or something oh, there's like a union that. grove union, union grove. springs but i don't know if that's that's really yeah. the same but there's union city in tennessee there you go um but uh, but yeah, I don't really know much about that. So we're going to answer the stuff about the um, labor songs and union art traditions on the other side of the break. If you want to give us a call, one 494 is the number. We will be right back. This is the Valley Labor Report. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. People across Alabama are hurting. Elected leaders have bailed out corporations while sending only a one-time cash payment to working families despite record unemployment and a public health crisis. Hometown Action is fighting for working people across Alabama to build inclusive and sustainable small town and rural communities. Hometown Action demands that Congress pass a people's bailout that expands health care, sends cash payments to families, and invests in green jobs to restart the economy. Now is the time to act. Learn more at www.hometownaction.org. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE, Local 1858, believes all workers are entitled to fairness, dignity, and respect. AFGE also knows that the best way to guarantee proper treatment is for workers to stand together, united, looking out for each other. In AFGE, we fight for workers every day to ensure a workplace that is safe and free from harassment. If you're a federal employee and want to be a part of this union to protect yourself and your fellow workers, call 256 256- Eight seven six four eight eight zero. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. WVNN. Depend on it.
Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host David Story. We were played in by uh, David's international superstar. No, 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 no. That's not him. That wasn't him? That wasn't Cancer Slug? No, that was not Cancer Slug. That really? was... Hang on a second, I'll tell you that. Oh. Even though that was an excellent band and it was a local band... Yeah, even though that was an excellent band and a local band, it was not Cancer Cancer Slug. I sure thought that was Cancer no, Slug. No, that was Random Conflict. Random they were, Conflict. They're out of. They're okay. originated from Huntsville, but like Lee Baines, they've moved up to I believe Nashville to try to get a little bit more. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I was glad that we talked a little bit longer because that's an excellent song and that's an excellent album if you like kind of postmodern uh blend of metal mm. and punk mm. they are the go-to group they're awesome gotcha, gotcha. and they're very far leftists as well so they support a good cause there you go and they let us play our music on the show for free i mean yeah. they, they, you know it's hard to find mm-hmm. you know it's hard to find yep uh so you know um we got a uh joe marshall retired steel worker called in told me that he agreed with uh my response to david on twitter uh, or or uh, I, I can't remember exactly but the tweet about uh, oppressive unions <laughs> so i uh, appreciate that joe thanks for listening thanks for calling in um and the other question that we got from jared was uh the bit about labor songs and um and union art so labor songs i love the <laughs> IWW's um, Little Red, Little Red Songbook. Songbook, Songs to Fan the Flames of Discontent. You can get a... Um you can get a facsimile reprint of the 1923 edition of the songbook from PM Press, I believe. Uh, it's really cool. I like it a lot. It's like pocket-sized. Anytime I go to a picket line, I carry it with me in my back pocket just in case I see somebody there with a guitar that can string together a few chords or so, sometimes I'll bring somebody with a guitar. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's and, and so those songs were... Uh, most of them were like gospel hymns that were really popular back in the day. Um, and they used the tunes of those to, um, uh, to write like pro union words. And it was, it was really, really cool. So I, I, uh, love, um, you know, I, I love the, uh, that song book. And, and so there's a lot of good, uh, there's a lot of good songs there. Utah Phillips is a really good one. He does a lot of, uh, he did a lot of stuff kind of like that. Joe of, Hill. Joe, uh, yeah, Joe Hill. Joe Hill's the one that wrote a lot of the songs in the Little Red Song book. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you I mean, know, there's a ton. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce you Springsteen. Know, I mean, um, Dropkick Murphy's. Lee you know, Baines, one of my favorites. Lee Baines' Lee song, Baines, Union uh, Man. Company Man. Company Man. Company Man. Yeah. Excellent it's, song. It is a, such a good song. I love Company Man. I highly recommend buying all of Lee Baines' records. Um, it's not sponsored. Neil but, Young. Yeah. Neil, Neil Young. Young. I mean, God, the list goes on and on and on, and mm-hmm. and it just it's, it speaks to the solidarity 
Tom Tom Morello. Morello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just he just did a song on Twitter for uh, the the workers down in Bessemer, so that was cool. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, I mean, so what? Look, look, look at the history. Look at Mm -hmm. look at our history. Songs have been used for years and years and Mm -hmm. years on on picket lines in slave fields. You Mm -hmm. know we. Friggin' uh, class huggle got me looking up sea shanties last night. Oh, yeah. You know, with uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it builds solidarity. I'm not a big yeah. singer of songs, but it does. It, it it definitely builds solidarity amongst all the all the workers. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like uh, you know, I just the the reason that I like hymns and stuff like that is because it's so easy to sing and everybody can sing it and and that that kind of active singing together really does like i mean studies have shown that it really actually builds like um bonds uh you know and and relationships and it actually does help that and that's that's one thing that i think that we've lost a lot uh and and you know if you read if you read hammer and ho uh we we had a conversation with um dr robin kelly author of hammer and ho who wrote about uh you know some black radical traditions in in alabama and uh one of the things that he wrote about and that he talked about in our interview was that uh there were people um, in the union that were also part of go- that, that were also part of a traveling gospel quartets, and as part of their as part of their um, their performance, they would also talk about the union and like God's work in the labor movement and and things like that. And it would be you know they would be evangelizing for the church. And <laughs> evangelizing for the labor movement and for worker power and things like that that's at the same time. That's been lost over yeah. the years. And they would, I mean, they for- would start union meetings singing union hymns. And they would, you know, I mean, like, man, we should do that again. We should, Every union meeting, we should start with, like, there's power in union or solidarity forever or something like that. Yeah, well, and every church should as well. You know, yeah. that's something that the, the church used to be a foundation for the working oppressed. Mm-hmm. And they've really moved away from that quite a lot. And, you know, at, at, at one time, you know, a lot of the, the the labor leaders came out of the church. Yeah. You can go back to the knots uh, of labor, you know, mm-hmm. was 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 kind of a a it, it was formed out of some of the Catholic churches and things like that. If you go back, and, I can't remember the book that I was reading a couple of years ago, but it was excellent, and it spoke about the the church standing with the oppressed, and that's always been the key uh, the key takeaway mm-hmm. from the from the beginning of time from Jesus Christ walk on earth was standing with the oppressed, and we've moved so far away from that. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of liberation theology stuff, and one of these days I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a liberation theologian on the show. Who is uh, who's kind of particularly into the labor stuff, but um, it's been it, it's it's totally a different side of the of the the Bible and the scriptures than like than what I saw growing up. You know, one of the one of the things that 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 I I read was that um, in the Old Testament there's the command to uh, love love God and um, love your neighbor as yourself and that that's in the in the Old Testament two or three or four times or something like and that in the New Testament. and then well but uh, 
in the Old Testament, 37 times is a command to love the oppressed, love the poor, love the sick, the widow, and things like that. Well, and you here's know, the thing. Your neighbor is the oppressed. Yeah. I promise you, unless you live, you know, in... I don't know. I don't live in one of these spots, I, so I can't think of one of the. You know, <laughs> I don't drive through. But I mean, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, the yeah. point is, everyone around us uh, is is oppressed in some fashion. All of the workers, we're all struggling. It the the, the statistics bear it out. Most people don't have five hundred dollars in their savings account, and, and it's not because we're all going out and. Uh, eating avocado toast right. you know and drinking lattes it's because people are working seven days a week and they just mm-hmm. don't have the money yeah they don't yep folks this has been the valley labor report and we will see you next week and make sure that you're following us online we've been doing midweek shows last week we talked to a policy analyst with alabama arise about the new anti-riot legislation i'd highly recommend checking that out see you